Welcome back to Mr. Cordenwell's Corner for another exciting podcast. Uh, that intro music you're listening to was called Rise by none other than Shay's Rebellion. Um, we are going to be talk, discussing Shay's Rebellion of the 1780s, so the intro music fits just perfectly. So let's get started with, with Shay's. Who was Shay's? Um, Daniel Shay's, the leader of this rebellion was a former Revolutionary War soldier. He was a veteran of Bunker Hill, and he had fought in many Revolutionary War battles. So after the war ends, the act of fighting ends in 1781, the peace treaty signed in 1783. So once the act of fighting ends, the United States becomes a separate nation, and they are ruled by what's known as the Articles of Confederation, which was a very loose conglomeration of states um, the central government was very weak and each state government was kind of independent and they were really just linked for common defense so the states had the most power under the articles of confederation well some people like alexander hamilton saw some problems with this and wanted to strengthen the central government but a lot of people did not because remember they just rebelled against king george iii the strongest king in the world at the time so what happens is in 1786 in western Massachusetts, a group of farmers are upset over taxes again. Uh, what's going on in western Massachusetts, the vast majority of these farmers are ex-revolutionary soldiers just like Daniel Shays. And they were given land as payment for their services during the war because many of them weren't paid. And Massachusetts, Boston's on the east coast where the capital is, where the government is. Um, they are heaven, Massachusetts, remember, that's where all the trouble started back in the 1760s. This is now the 1780s, and they fought the entire war. So Massachusetts is heavily in debt to other European nations, and they pay off the debts. So Massachusetts is raising the taxes. And what really upsets these soldiers, these uh, ex-soldiers, now farmers, is they've been able to buy stuff on credit, They've been able to pay their taxes on their land with the barter system, like crops. But now, since the state government needs cash, the state government is making people buy for goods and pay all their taxes with hard currency, precious metal, gold, and silver. Well, in western Massachusetts, there's zero of that. The farmers basically grow what they need, and if they need to buy something or, or they trade. That's called the barter system. Like, I'll trade you corn for wheat, that kind of stuff. So they're basically being forced to pay their taxes to the local government with money they don't have. They don't, they don't use hard currency. And what's starting to happen, if you don't pay your taxes, they're starting to be arrested, put in debtor's prison, and they're foreclosing on their farms. And this takes place at the local courts. So these soldiers... These farmers are upset with it. They first try to peacefully protest. That doesn't work. And then Shays leads what becomes a massive rebellion in 1786 and 87. So to repeat, Shays' rebellion begins in western Massachusetts in 1786 and ends in 1787. And it is an attempt by farmers in western Mass to overthrow their government over taxes. All right? Now, um because many of these are losing their farms. And they're also upset because the taxes in many of these areas are higher than they were under British rule. 
So you got to keep in mind, this is 1780s. In the 1760s, if you didn't like your taxes, you rebelled sometimes violently. In the 1770s, if you didn't like your taxes, you rebelled sometimes violently. It's called the Revolutionary War. So now it's the 1780s, different government, not King George III, but Boston, they still don't like the taxes. So the 20-year tradition is to rebel, and that's exactly what they are doing. All right, let's take a quick, short commercial break. We'll be back to wrap up Shay's Rebellion right after this paid commercial for Springfield Armory, one of our many sponsors. We'd like to thank Springfield Armory. Quickly, make sure you stop by Springfield Armory if you're in western Massachusetts. For a limited time, you can get your brown bess. Either you can have the short version or the long version. The short brown bess costs five pounds. The long brown bess costs eight pounds. These muskets are smooth bore solid shot, and they are accurate all the way up to a distance of 50 yards. But be sure to act quickly, because if you do not, They will all be gone shortly, and make sure you definitely get there before Daniel Shays and his men attempt to clean out the armory. Once again, be sure to stop by and get your brown best, the best gun on the market from Springfield Armory. All right. Welcome back. So we left off with Shays' rebellion in Western Mass overturning the local courts because that's where the farmers were losing their land in the courts. So they shut the courts down. And where it comes to a head is in a place called Springfield, Massachusetts, which is in Western Mass. And Shays and his men attempt to raid the local armory to take the weapons stored by the government and use it against the government. The ultimate goal is to go all the way to Boston and overthrow the government. Um, What happens is... The first thing that happens is the local militia is supposed to put down these insurrections. There is no standing army at this time period, and the central government under the Articles has no ability to tax, and they have no standing army. So the central government under the Articles can do nothing to help Massachusetts. All they do is stand by and watch. Well, the local militia is supposed to put down this rebellion, but the problem with this is most of the rebels are the local militia. They're the same people. So they're obviously not going to put themselves down. So there's basically no resistance. Well, who winds up putting this insurrection down? The governor, who is Governor Bowden at the time in Boston, he winds up hiring a private army, literally local businessmen, wealthy Boston businessmen, pay out of their own pockets for about 4,000 volunteers to go put down this insurrection of about 1,500 farmers in western Massachusetts. And it comes to a head at Springfield Armory. There is a gun battle there. Shays loses two men, are killed, and 20 are wounded before they're forced to disperse. So Shays' Rebellion has some success. It shuts down several courthouses in western Massachusetts, but it's ultimately put down at the Springfield Armory is where they lose. And they're put down by private citizens hired by wealthy Bostonians. Okay, so what does this mean? Well, what are are the outcomes of this? 
Well, many people at the time feel compassionate for the rebels, the ex-Revolutionary War soldiers. They feel like their government gave them land, and now the government's trying to take them the land away from them. So, so they weren't. Um, many of them were treated after the rebellion fairly. And, and what happens is Governor Hancock, John Hancock, is now the leader the next year after the rebellion. Bowden is replaced by Hancock. And he pardons many of the rebels, and he also relaxes the restrictions on taxes, which kind of brings this to an end. Uh, Shays himself was pardoned by Hancock, and he leaves Massachusetts. He retires to New York, where he dies in 1825. So what's the big outcome of Shays' Rebellion? Um, Shays' Rebellion demonstrates the weaknesses of the central government under the Articles. And it leads to a new constitution. So the main importance of Shays' Rebellion is it leads directly to the U.S. Constitution. That you should know. Um, For instance, Hamilton tried to hold a meeting a couple years before Shays' Rebellion to discuss strengthening the Articles making the central government stronger, and only a couple colonies showed up, or a couple states showed up. After Shays' Rebellion, they call another meeting, and 12 of the 13 states show up. So many people, while they sided with the farmers, they thought they were being treated unfairly, were afraid that the central government was too weak under the Articles, and the next rebellion might just be a revolution, if you know what I mean. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that little story of Shays' Rebellion and and got a little background information on it and went a little deeper. So I'm going to leave you with one of the most popular songs of the Revolutionary War. The name is titled Johnny Has Gone for a Soldier. Enjoy.
She'll dye her dress, she'll dye it red. And in the streets, go begging for bread. The one she loves from her has fled. Johnny has gone for a soldier. 